home. When I think of home, <laughs> you know, I remember, um, I remember being 17 and graduating high school and uh, talking to my mom about what was next. And I actually enrolled at Ohio State University. I was getting ready to go to college. And I got to my first class at Ohio State. And in this lecture, there were 400 people, believe it or not, 400 freshmen, 418-year-olds. And um, we were in this lecture, and the professor walked in, and, and kids, we, you know, we were, we were throwing paper and, and talking to each other. And imagine 400 people, all right, 418-year-olds, okay, in a room. And so our uh, professor, uh, the lecturer, walked in and started writing some things on the board. And I think he was talking, and uh, we couldn't hear him. I couldn't hear him, you know. Uh, but he just talk, he didn't talk at a loud level. He didn't ask anybody to be quiet. He just said what he had to say. And, um, you know, the, the, the class went on like that. The lecture went on. With about three or four minutes left in the lecture, he was finished writing on the board and all that. And he sat down and everybody got quiet. And we were like, well, what, what's happening? What's going on here? He said, well, I just gave you everything that you need for the, the test you're going to have on Thursday. We're starting out this semester with a test. And so I, I gave you a lecture today on everything that you uh, need for the test. And we're like, what? No, you got to tell us. He said, no, this, he said, this is college. You're paying for this. And so, uh, you know, if you don't get it, that's on you. <laughs> and that's on your parents, okay? They're, they're paying for it. And so I thought, you know what? Maybe I need to take a break before I go to college because I need to get, you know, I need to get acclimated. So I talked to my mom about joining the service, and she was like, absolutely not. You are not, you are not joining the army. That's just not a good idea. And, uh, of course, I, who knew better than my mom, um, I said, no, you know, that's a good idea. So I went down and, and signed up, uh, to her dismay. Uh, later on, she thought it was a great idea. It was just in the moment, you know, her, her son, firstborn, you know, was joining the service and, and she had lost her husband, um, you know, Vietnam and, and that. And, uh, so, um, you know, she was, she was a little dismayed, but I did it. And I remember uh, joining the service and going over to Germany. Um, I was in Wiesbaden, Germany. And uh, the second night I was there, I was laying on my bed. And boy, this feeling just came over me. And I just began to miss home. And I began to think about home and, and what home meant, right? What it means to be home. And, um, you know, home is defined as a place where one lives permanently. That's the, that's the Webster's definition of home. But I know that there's a song that says, when I think of home, uh, what does it say? There's a, I think of a place where there's love overflowing, right? I think of a place where there's love overflowing. There's a saying that says, home is where the heart is, right? We've heard that saying. Some of you have heard that saying before. Home is where the heart is. But how many people really know that home is where mom is? Home is where mom is. That's really, when you talk about going home, you're talking about going home to where mom is. Amen. And so home is where mom is. And that's what I think of when I think of home. <laughs> I think of mom. And so, you know, just a special happy Mother's Day to, to all the mothers out there. It would be a good idea to pray for your mom. Tell your mom that you love her. If uh, your mom has gone on to be with the Lord like mine has, uh, find another mother and tell them that you love them. Remember and be thankful for your mom. Amen. And find another mom because it's, it's, it's not an easy task to be a mom. Amen. 
I came across this scripture, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 5. It's a scripture where um, Paul was, um, he was encouraging Timothy, okay? He was encouraging Timothy because Timothy was a pastor of one of the biggest churches in the Middle East. Timothy pastored a church called Ephesus, okay? Church at a city in Ephesus, church in Ephesus. It may have only been smaller than the church in Jerusalem, maybe, and maybe Antioch. I don't know. They didn't take church role, I don't think, back then, or at least if they did, I don't know about it. But it was a big church. It was a huge church, okay? The problem was Timothy was a young man, okay? Very young man, and, and uh, you know, when he had to stand up and talk before people, and he had to do all the things that pastors do, it's a difficult job because people know more than you, <laughs> I mean, literally, they know more than you, but you've been called and appointed to put in that and put in that position. And so Paul said, listen, you're a son in the faith. and I'm going to encourage you. And so he began to encourage Timothy. This is when he talked to Timothy. This is where we get uh, God has not given you a spirit of fear. Right. But of power, love and a sound mind. That's part of his encouragement to Timothy. Don't be afraid of man's face. You know, in other words, don't be afraid to do what God has called you to do. And in his encouragement, I came across these two verses of Scripture, verses three, uh, three verses, three, four, and five, in where Paul told Timothy, he said, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience. As I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day, he said, as I remember your tears, Timothy had gone through some things, okay? I remember your tears. I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. He said, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you. And when I just, I read that verse, I thought, well, that doesn't have a lot to do with Mother's Day. I mean, he said, you know, he, he mentioned his mom, Timothy's mom. But I thought when he talked, when he's encouraging Timothy, and he began to talk about faith, and he began to talk about strength, he reminded Timothy of his grandmother. And it reminded me that, before I left for the army that time, my grandmother took me aside and told me that you be a strong and courageous young man as you go out into the world. You don't have to fear man's face because God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I said, Grandma, you know, I, but the one thing that I'm struggling with is the kind of person I am. I don't know about joining the army because, you know, in the army, you might have to shoot someone. You might have to kill someone. And I just don't know about war. And, and uh, I grew up in church. And is that biblical? And she reminded me of David. And she reminded me of all of those who had to fight for what is right. All of those who had to fight for the Lord. And this scripture echoed in my spirit. It echoed in my spirit. I, I call to remembrance the faith, a faith that first dwelt in your grandma, Ruth, <laughs> my grandma, 
a faith that first dwelt in your grandma. And then Paul said, and then in your mother, Lois, and right on down to you. Have faith. You know, I think about all the things that mothers go through. We, we don't realize it growing up, do we? I mean, we, there's just an expectation that everything's going to be okay. There's just an expectation that there's going to be something to eat when you come home. There's just an expectation that things are going to be picked up and cleaned up. All right. There's just an expectation that the house is going to be a place that we call home and filled with love. There's an expectation that everything's going to be all right when I go home. But if we were able to pull back the curtain and see exactly what mothers go through sometimes, it would be amazing and astonishing. I think of this story. This mother ran into the bedroom where she heard her seven-year-old son scream. My son is screaming, ah! And she found his two-year-old sister pulling his hair. Well, she gently released the little girl's grip and said comfortingly to the little boy, all right, they're there, don't worry. Your sister didn't mean it. She doesn't know that that hurts. She doesn't know. So he nodded his acknowledgement. His mother left the room. As she started down the hallway, she heard the girl screaming, ah! She ran back into the room. What happened? The little boy replied, now she knows. <laughs> the things mothers have to go through. The things that they have to put up with. You know, I came across several sayings about mothers, the thoughts that people have about moms. Someone said, moms are like buttons. They, they hold everything in life together. Isn't that true? Doesn't it seem like your mom just holds it all together? You know, it, it's, it's almost a cliche by now. Many people have uh, retorted and, and, and regurgitated this little saying. Uh, but it, it rings true to me, um, and, and that is that, you know, when it seems like there's just nothing to eat, <laughs> and I go in the kitchen, I can't find it. Actually, it's true today. My wife, you know, uh, is kind of like my mom in a way, but, um, it, you, know, I, you know, you go in the kitchen, you say, there's nothing to eat. There's just no, what am I going to do? I'm about to die, you know, and your mom goes in there, whips up something. It's like a whole meal. It's like, where'd that come from? You know, your mom is magic, right? That's what you think. She just knows how to, she has an anointing. She's, moms are like buttons. They hold everything together. Someone once said, my love for you is bigger than that of an overflowing pile of laundry in my room, mom. <laughs> That's how much love we have for mom. Thank you, mom, for all the hugs, the words of encouragement, and the patience through the years. We recognize you. Someone once said, I'm so glad that I didn't fall far from the tree, mom, because I am who I am today because of you, right? And someone said, if I wrote down all of the reasons, okay, I love you, uh, it would take up more than a book. There's not enough to hold uh, all the reasons that I love you, all right? Mom, you are the glue that holds us all together. The best compliment, one daughter said, that anyone could ever get, especially me, is for someone to say that you're just like your mother, Sometimes we run away from that compliment, but it's actually a compliment. <laughs> it's actually a compliment. I said to my mother once, happy Mother's Day, mom, from your favorite child. 
Yes, aren't you so glad to hear from me? <laughs> uh, someone said, sorry for driving crazy sometimes. It was just because I love you so much. <laughs> I wouldn't be here, mom, if it wasn't for you. Literally, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day to my best friend and my cheapest therapist. I love you, mom. <laughs> Thank you so much. Mom, you deserve the world, but for now, I hope this simple greeting will do. You're the best mom ever. Just look at me. I turned out amazing, right? Raising me, mom, took a lot of patience. Thank you for everything that you've done. I love you, mom, even though I'll never accept your friend request. Sorry about that. <laughs> but don't think I don't love you. <laughs> don't think I don't love you. You know, as I, I think about Paul's encouragement to Timothy, I think about the life lessons that we all learn from our mother. So many life lessons that we don't even realize that we learn from mom, our mothers and our grandmothers. You know, grandmother, my, I, know, I don't know about you, but my grandmother played an integral part of uh, my life and my faith. In fact, um, for me, this is just for me personally, um, I learned about healing, that God is a healer from my grandmother. I had a lot of problems when I was young. I, I had bronchial asthma. I couldn't walk 30 feet without sitting down when I was a child. True story. And uh, just to catch my breath, you know, I had all of these problems. And finally, one day when I was old enough to understand, my grandmother said, you know, uh, you know, you, you pray, she said, you know, you don't have to go through that uh, if you talk to the Lord about it. God does heal. And I said, what are you talking about? And she began to give me scriptures on the, the, the healing power of God. And a few years later, I joined the army. You can't join the army with asthma. I mean, one of the first things we did was we ran six miles my fourth day there in the army, and I made it, okay? And because of my grandmother's faith. The faith of your grandmother, Ruth, carried down to your mother, Annette, I see in you. And you don't have to fear because God has not given you the spirit of fear, of power, love, and a sound mind. If you feel like going to the army is what you're to do, God called you to do, or it's something you want to do, then you do it. You do it. My mother told me, don't wait, and I tell it to my kids, don't wait until you're 35, 40 years old and say, I wish I would have. You do it. You do it. In the Lord, you follow God in your heart, and then you do it. You do it. But I think about this, how Paul understood that Timothy would never be the man of God that he was called to be without the faith of his grandmother and mother. So he acknowledges them as he inspires Timothy. And just a couple of life lessons, uh, that I, there's many life lessons that many of you could stand up here and give that we learn from our mothers. Many of you mothers could give life lessons up here today that people have forgot about. <laughs> but just three life lessons uh, that I want to convey this morning that I, I believe we learn from our mothers. And that is, the first one is simply this. <laughs> you don't need recognition to do your job. It's a life lesson I learned from my mother. Now listen, if you're a person who needs to recognize someone, absolutely, you need to do that, all right? Because if you have an opportunity to do good and you don't, woe to you, 
Woe to you. If you have an opportunity to recognize someone, you have an opportunity to do good and you don't, uh, God doesn't like that. <laughs> he wants you to recognize people. But here's what we have to remember is that recognition is not as much for the person being recognized as it is for the person doing the recognizing. I you to think about that for a moment. Recognition is more for the person who is recognizing, okay? Because we need to learn a life of thankfulness and gratitude, especially as it is toward our mothers, okay? Your mama doesn't need you to recognize her so that she can feel better about herself, and that's it. What she needs is for you to recognize her so that she knows that you're thankful and that you have a spirit of gratitude in your heart. That's what would really make your mom proud of you, to know that she raised a thankful person, one who has gratitude, one who is kind and nice to other people, one who grew up strong, one who grew up to be mature. That would make your mom happy. But moms go through so much stuff without any recognition, and they continue to do their job. I mean, if you came home one day and your mom said, I quit, I quit, I'm not doing it anymore, I'm just going to do what I want to do. If, if that was your mom, how many of us here would be here today with mismatched socks on, jelly on our shirt, hair not combed, no telling how, what would be coming out of our mouth, come on. Even today, you might be a person who says, no, 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 I would have got, listen, your mom taught you some values at a very early age that you don't even remember. When you were two, three, four years old, your mom began to instill in you some values that you carry today, and you don't even realize that she was doing it back then. Why? Because she doesn't need to be recognized. She doesn't have to remind you. No, yeah, I grant it. I, I mean, I give it to you. Granted, every once in a while, my mom did remind me, look, I carried you for nine months. Okay. You know, she did. She did. And don't be offended by this. It's just the, she did pull the Bill Cosby on me. You know, I brought you in this world. Come on now. I can take you out of it. Okay. Just to get me back in line. But it wasn't because she needed the recognition. It was more for me to get me in line. Come on. So she doesn't need the recognition. Matthew 6, 1 says this, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father which is in heaven. There's no better example of this than a mother. No better example than a mother. Galatians 6, 9 says, and let us not grow weary while doing good. Come on, moms. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. What better example of these scriptures than a grandmother, than a mother who doesn't need to be recognized, but does her job and doesn't even look at it as a job. It's a calling. It's a calling for a mother. She can't help it. I mean, I've seen mothers with, with sons that have done some despicable, crazy bad things. And you're not going to lose their love. He's going to be all right. He can turn around. He can change. You want to go, listen, your son ain't going to change. <laughs> but don't tell that mother that. Where will we be without our mother on our side? Where will we be? I don't know how many prayers my grandmother and my mother prayed for me. 
that I don't know about, that kept me out of situations or that got me into situations that I needed to be in. Come on. And so that's the lesson we can take. You don't need to be recognized to do your job. I mean, recognition is good. I'm not downing it. I'm not saying it's a bad. Obviously, it's a great thing. That's why we do recognize each other. But listen, just because you don't get recognized, don't stop doing your job. Come on, don't stop doing what you're supposed to do just because people aren't recognizing you. Moms don't. Moms can't. They can't. The second thing, very simple. My mom taught me, be kind to other people. Be kind, be kind, be nice. You know what? I'll tell you this. Here's something I learned from my mom. It is a whole lot easier to be a nice, kind person with the love of Christ in your heart to people than it is to be another word, which I can't say in the pulpit, but to be a bad person. Right? Come on. I mean, it, it takes effort to be that kind of, you wonder what kind of word I'm going to say. Don't worry, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Sorry with the A, but I'm not going to say it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> to be that kind of person. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm just saying it for emphasis. You know, people who just, you know, I, I, listen, I met people, when you first look at them, you just like, well, daggone, I mean, is evil just in you? Your face is all torn up. You just, come on now. Straighten your face out. Another thing my mom used to say, straighten that face up, boy. Don't make me straighten it up. Another thing my mother used to say, I, and I never kind of understood this, but I really didn't have to. She said, you keep it up, I'm going to smack you in the next Tuesday. I don't know why she picked Tuesday, what was going on Tuesday, but I didn't, you know, I, I said, no, I just wait for Tuesday to come. It's Thursday, we'll wait Friday, Saturday. That's all right, Mom. Okay? But she said, be kind to others. Colossians 3, 12 and 13, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, forgive them. In other words, so you must also do a life lesson from your mother. <laughs> First Peter 4, 8, above all, love each other deeply. And I'm now, just now, beginning to really comprehend what this scripture means. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. I can tell you sitting here today that the love of your mother covered a multitude of your sins. Even if and when she spanked you. Come on. That love covered a multitude of sins because it helped you from doing something bad later. Come on, somebody. Knows what I'm talking about, right? And maybe it's just boys, you know, us boys. I don't know. I can't speak for girls. I know I, I had three brothers. I remember one time, I shouldn't be telling this, but, you know, God rest her soul. My mother, you know, if it starts thundering, it's sunny outside. So if it starts thundering, I know my mom don't appreciate me telling this story, but... I tell you what, I remember one time when, when uh, one of my brothers had done something and, and, and we expected him to get a whipping, and boy, he did. Uh, he got a whipping. Anybody here from CPS? It don't matter now. She's gone on to be with heaven. You can't do nothing now. So, I mean, he got a whip. She took him in the other room. Me and my one brother were sitting at the kitchen table, and we were listening to this. We started counting. We started counting the blows with the belt. Man, man. And she got to 32 
Y'all remember some of, who, who was that? Paul, somebody got buffeted 40 times, 40 lashes. She got to 32. And she came out of the room and came into the kitchen where me and my one brother were sitting and sat down. And we were like, dang, oh, mom. You know, we try to be nice to her mom. Dang. You know, that's, that's a lot. You know, he, you know, he sure did get a whooping. You got him. She said, listen, I ain't done. I just got tired. She's about to go back in until we had to stop her and finish what she was doing. Right? <laughs> Love. <laughs> Love covers a multitude of sins. Come on. So some of y'all young people today, listen, I just want to let you know. Come on now, Nathan. I want to let y'all know, Michael, let y'all know, listen, y'all don't have to go through it. You don't have to go through that tough love. We're in a different era now. I understand it. That's all right. But above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. And then finally, she taught me this. Never, ever forget where you came from. Now, see, that seems to be just a cliche that the world would give you. You know, anybody could say that in psychology. But really, it's a biblical principle. Never forget where you came from. Don't get out there and get so high and mighty and forget where you came from. In other words, reach back. And I'll say it, even with, with teaching the Word of God, you know, I, I've seen people who have got revelation and, and they've gone on, and, and, but they don't. But see, God's plan, why did Jesus come to the earth? To reach back and teach others to be where you are. You're not elitist. Come on. You wouldn't be anywhere if it was not for the grace of God. Samuel chapter 4, I came across this story, uh, talks about David. Many of you know it. His friend Jonathan, you remember King David? His friend Jonathan, who was his, his best friend. His, his friend Jonathan had a son, Mephibosheth. You know the story of Mephibosheth, some of you? Maybe some of the scholars know. All right. When Mephibosheth was five years old, he was running. with His, his nurse had him. He was running, and he fell. He dropped him. He fell down, and, and he hurt his foot. He broke his foot. And he became lame for the rest of his life. So he walked, you know, with a limp. He was lame the rest of his life. Meanwhile, Mephibosheth's grandfather, Saul, was very mean to David. Remember this story? Saul was mean to David. In fact, Saul tried to kill David on more than one occasion. He was mean. I mean, and, uh, but, you know, Saul went on and, and, and Jonathan went on. Years later, David was king. And he learned that Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson, the man who tried to kill him, the man who despised him, his grandson was still alive. He reached out to him and he invited him to eat at his table. He treated him with kindness. He treated him like the son, the grandson of a king, right? Despite the fact of what Saul had done to him. Why? Because David didn't forget all that he went through. He didn't forget all the mistakes that he had made. Your mother has a way of reminding you, listen, uh, I'm not putting you down. I'm not condemning you. But don't forget of what you've come through. Don't forget. Reach out and help others. Teach them how to get to where you are. Perhaps the greatest lessons that we can learn from a mom come from this passage in Proverbs 3. Moms all over regurgitate these lessons from God. This is a lesson from God, but moms really regurgitate this lesson, and they pass them along to their children. So listen to these lessons from God in Proverbs chapter 3, and realize that all of these have come to you 
through your mother. It says, my child, never forget the things that I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Thanks, Mom. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom, your earthly wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body. Thank you, Grandma. And strength for your bones. Thank you, Mom. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. Don't reject it. Don't reject it. Come on. And don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. God speaks this through our mothers. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths. All her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. By wisdom, the Lord founded the earth. By understanding, he created the heavens. By his knowledge, the deep fountains of the earth burst forth and the dew settles beneath the night sky. Now, I know this passage in Proverbs 3 is from God to us. But I'm telling you right now that your mom regurgitated every lesson in that proverb during your lifetime. Times when you didn't know it. Times when you didn't see her. Times when she got on your nerves. <laughs> she was giving you life lessons. Times when you were going through things and you didn't think that your mother knew about it. She was praying for you. Times when you turned your back and said, I'm sick and tired of listening to my mother. She was patient with you. Times when you didn't heed her advice, she didn't take offense. She said, he'll get it. She'll get it. They'll be back. Times when you've done something so bad that you thought, I'm ashamed to even show my face to my mother. She welcomed you with open arms. She's a place of safety. She's a place of comfort. She's a place of 
where you won't be rejected. She's a place of affirmation. She's a place that we call home. I know that home is where the heart is, but home is where mom is. Amen.